0: Hey there! What's happening? This is Isaiah Rodriguez, host of the Dat'smanation podcast, where I cater to the professional working man. 40 and above who's looking to make positive changes to his health, lose weight, and become stronger overall through simple lifestyle changes. I'm here to share inspiration, tips, and proven lessons that I've personally learned and lived through in my 40 plus years on this beautiful blue planet. So today we'll start the discussion off by talking about the topic, stop ignoring this treatable cause of high blood pressure in our first Segment. And then we'll move on to our second segment and talk about what you need to know if you can't touch your toes. <laughs> and before we get into that, if you'd like to continue the conversation, then get on over to podcast.daspination.com VIP to get on the VIP Insiders Community, where I share more entertaining behind the scenes stories, tips and hacks that'll keep you feeling younger each and every day. That's podcast.daspination.com slash VIP. Again, that's podcast.daspination.com slash VIP. Be in the know starting right now. Also, don't forget to rate me on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're listening to this episode right now. And leave me a nice, fat, juicy, five-star review and some absolutely beautiful words of why you love the show so much. It really helps you get the word out and it's honestly the one place where your vote truly matters. And now let's move into our first segment with Healthy Conversations. And so in this week's installment of Healthy Conversations, we're talking about uh, a very easily uh, treatable cause of high blood pressure that's uh, oftentimes not caught on time or not even uh, tested for, you know what I mean? So people whose blood pressure is considered, you know, quote unquote, hard to control might have another condition that's, you know, that's the actual reason for this problem. So a new study highlights Uh, another one of these uh, chicken versus the egg, you know, chicken or the egg type of scenario in the whole blood pressure management thing. (laughs) And what they're saying is that the testing, you know, that testing for a specific disease that's been associated with, uh, you know, this hard to control blood pressure, you know, this, this testing isn't even happening, you know? And they're speculating that it's most likely because doctors think it's way too rare of a thing. But here's here's the catch twenty two in this whole uh, picture, in this whole story, is that it is that you know if if more people were actually tested. (laughs) <laughs> then they say that we've actually discovered that it's not as rare as they're, you know, currently thinking that it actually is It's kind of like the whole ADD or you know ADHD thing of the past or where, um, you know <laughs> So first of all, you have to understand that I'm kind of old enough to remember a time when uh, When kids or even adults, I suppose, you know that that were Hyperactive or couldn't pay attention for long periods of time. I remember when these kids would simply be written off as troublemakers or daydreamers (laughs) you know like I remember plain as day because I was one of them and I still am you know what I mean I was clinically diagnosed but that's neither here nor there but it's kind of the same thing you know but but once science caught up like what once science caught up to them and we started actually testing for these conditions then suddenly we started noticing that hey you know This is actually a lot more common than we like we originally thought of, you know, like this is not what we thought of originally, you know, like this (laughs) a lot more people have this condition than don't, you know, that's kind of what's like what's going on here with this blood test but it's actually a little worse. In this case because according to several doctors, you know, they say that they're all taught in medical school that if a patient has high blood pressure and low levels of potassium in the blood <laughs> or if a patient isn't seeing um you know improvements after blood pressure treatment they say that you should check for what uh, um a condition that's called primary aldosteronism so like they're being taught this in medical school but apparently they're not practicing it in the office now i i don't know have any of you been actually tested for this this uh primary aldosteronism (laughs) say that three times fast i had to practice that a bit but but let me know in the comments if you've been tested for this i'm really curious to hear your experiences on this because the study said that again (laughs) that it's universally taught in medical school how this condition or 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 better said this disease has been found to be like like it's been found to be a definitive cause of high blood pressure in some people so basically they reviewed data so this is what they did like they basically reviewed data from military veterans diagnosed with what they refer to as a treatment resistant hypertension so basically <laughs> it's exactly what this sounds like people that were treated uh, or, or i should say diagnosed f- with hypertension then treated huh, but had no positive results from the treatment itself that they received now the data they the, the data that they reviewed from a veterans hospital between the years of 2000 and 2017 showed that fewer than 2% of people who should have been evaluated for this uh this condition the the primary aldosterone, like only 2% of the people that were evaluated were actually tested now that that's a pretty low number considering the total amount of people that were part of the research to begin with but they also found that the chances of them receiving uh, you know this much-needed evaluation was a lot higher (laughs) when the patient talked about their hypertension with the specialist you know like a like an endocrinologist you know so If they had the chance to actually talk to a specialist, the probability of them having the test done to catch this disease, this condition went up dramatically. And the funny thing is that when I read the most recent blood pressure guidelines from the uh you know the AHA, the American Heart Association, which was long and exhaustive. Let me let me uh let me add that in there and boring if you ask me. But they actually recommend testing for the condition in the same situations that are taught in medical school. How crazy is that? <laughs> Think about that. You know, there, there there really seems to be like an educational gap. Where where some doctors think it's too complicated to test uh you know to test people for this or you know maybe they don't even know that they should be thinking about testing people for this you know i mean some are but many aren't and and it's tough to tell a doctor that they're not in the right you know and that they might be wrong you know that, that's I, i've always found that's a really tough um ordeal you know like that's a tough task to, to complete you know and and i read where one physician actually explained how the most Uh, I'm sorry, the the most important take-home message for clinicians is that if you're really struggling to control a patient's blood pressure, consider getting a hypertension expert. (laughs) Get them involved, uh, you know, someone who's has you know someone who has special training on the topic that's the golden nugget here if you're like I'm not I'm not here preaching to doctors that they should do their job better that's that's not what I'm here for I'm actually here for you <laughs> the professional man 40 and above you know <laughs> but but that's the golden nugget here if you're struggling with your blood pressure and, and what your doctors having you do is not working Then get a second opinion, preferably from a specialist, you know, because listen, you could actually be suffering from this condition and not even know it, which really means that your uncontrolled blood pressure can potentially be putting you at a risk for a stroke or heart attack. Not good, my man. Not good at all. And that's the frustrating part for some of these physicians that actually consider this condition as is that they know that there are effective treatments for this primary aldosteronism. (laughs) But if no one diagnoses it, it can't be treated, you know, (laughs) and it's also harder to study when it's so rarely diagnosed. So it's kind of like, you know, we're on this little hamster wheel. They say that, uh, you know, that current estimates suggest that around 20% of people with uncontrolled hypertension, despite taking up to three or more blood pressure medications may actually be struggling with this relatively treatable disorder. Think about that. Is that you? (laughs) Hopefully not, but it's something to think about if you ask me, you know, especially since the management of, (laughs) you know, this condition depends on the type that's diagnosed and so it might include medications to block the effect of a specific hormone in the adrenal gland called aldosterone or might even be surgery to remove one of the two adrenal glands you know that they, there's kind of a broad spectrum of treatments yeah. you know there's even talk about implementing some technology in the form of an of an alert <laughs> from within a medical record system that basically automatically looks at different indicators in your record and then basically sounds an alarm literally <laughs> for your doctor that recommends that they look into testing for the condition now this one perked up my ears and you know kind of got me to raise my eyebrow and, and and essentially pucker my lips like what you talking about there Willis because <laughs> as you know I am meet myself by by trade uh, I'm an IT professional and so I'm into all aspects of of technology. And so when I heard this and how they were thinking about getting all major electronic medical record companies to implement this, <laughs> I've got to say that I got a little happy. You know, I got I got a little bit happy. And then my engineering mind starts going crazy. And I start thinking about all the uh, technical parts needed to make that happen, which in actuality wouldn't be too difficult. But I think the hard part would be the whole buy-in uh, portion of this setup, this solution. And by that, I mean, you know, everyone from the EMR companies right down to the doctors using them. And, and to be honest with you, I don't think many doctors would appreciate <laughs> a piece of software telling them how to do their job. Listen, <laughs> the more you know, the better you'll be. And so with all that said and done, let's switch gears and move on to our second segment, Mighty Man. And so in this segment, in this installment of uh, Mighty Man, we're talking about what you need to know if you can't touch your toes (laughs) I kind of like that it has a little jingle to it so let me ask you a question can you touch your toes it's a pretty simple question you know let me know in the comments if touching your toes is problematic or not because if you can't that might be your body trying to tell you something and you not listening (laughs) so if you're an active type of guy then you most likely set aside some time for aerobic or cardio exercise to improve your heart health. Am I right? (laughs) You may even carve out a few hours a week for strength training to build or maintain muscle mass, right? Let me know. But how much focus and emphasis are you putting on flexibility training? Let me know in the comments drop it down there because this is important because even though it's often neglected improving your flexibility is a critical part of maintaining an overall healthy body you know regular stretching can really help improve your posture uh you know relieve muscle tension it might even reduce your risk of injury you know so how many of you guys remember the old sit and reach test in your elementary school pe class you know believe it or not i can still remember those times and what I remember oh, wasn't pretty it kind of went like this you know they, they'd call my name I'd walk up and sit down next to the you know this blue piece of tape that they had laid out on the floor and I'd adjust myself so that both of my feet were aligned with that you know blue tape are you guys remembering this like do, do you guys remember that how flexible were you Let me tell you that I, personally, wasn't all that flexible back then. So my flexibility problems started way back in grade school, you know what I mean? and now i've got to say that i was quite the chunky kid if you know what i mean <laughs> they used to call me you know quote unquote husky uh, i was considered the husky child and to this day i still have some flexibility problems i mean over the uh, granted over the years i've gotten better mostly because i started doing yoga a good 10 years ago now <laughs> now that sounds like a long time but to be honest it wasn't really consistent and i i struggled to reach my toes sometimes during uh you know a yoga section depending on what i was doing the day before and what time of the day it was and all all sorts of things there'd be times where i'd struggle to touch my toes but i haven't totally abandoned the whole stretching and the yoga thing and i urge you to give it a shot and not to give up if you're like me you know and and super tight in the hammies and and the hip flexors so if and when you start take note of your sticking points you know for example like chronically tight hamstrings that As I said, you know, or stiff hip flexors, you know, and and really listen to your body, you know, and if you can't figure out exactly what your hangup is and these three tips from a physical therapist at Bespoke Treatments in New York City will absolutely help you improve your flexibility and finally allow you or get you to touch your toes. (laughs) And now just so that we're on the same page, let's remember that we're using the old sit and reach test from, you know, grade school years if you've never done this before it's super simple (laughs) you know like as I explained earlier uh, you know you just start by sitting down on the floor with your legs stretched out straight in front of you your feet together and your hands at your side easy-peasy you know simple nothing to it now reach your hands out in front of you and stack them one on top of the other with your palms down once you're at that point then you simply stretch and see how far down your legs you can reach you might you might be at your knees you might be at your shins at your toes or maybe even past your toes who knows and if you're actually past your toes then your flexibility is pretty damn good <laughs> if you're a good six inches or more past your toes then you're you're doing really good personally I'm barely at my toes at this point which for me is actually really good because just a few years back I wasn't even able to reach past past my shins on a good day, you know, but here's what I, here's what to keep an eye out when you're, you know, when you're doing these assessments on yourself. And and let me jump in here again real quick and just say that you can actually do this test standing up too. You don't have to be sitting down on the floor if you don't, you know, if you, if you prefer not to, (laughs) if you, if you'd rather not be on the floor, you know what I mean? Here's what to keep in mind or, or, you know, to keep an eye out for and what your body is trying to tell you. First, if you feel tugging, in the back of your legs and this is a good indicator that you might have weak hamstrings <laughs> you know so so sometimes a uh, weakness in the body can be misunderstood or misinterpreted as poor flexibility but in actuality feeling a tugging sensation or tightness in the back of your legs as you you know reach for your toes that may actually be a sign of weak and not a lack of flexibility, to be honest with you. So, adding hamstring stretching exercise can go a long way to helping you improve your range of motion. (laughs) So, loaded mobility and strengthening exercise can really help you achieve that long lasting change in your flexibility that you're looking for. And it can also decrease the sensations of tightness in your hammies. Now, one exercise to try in the gym is the deadlift or as it's more commonly referred to uh, by the trainers at the gym as uh, RDL's and uh, you know throughout the majority of this exercise your hamstrings lengthen to lift the weight and so as a result (laughs) your hamstrings stay under tension longer which strengthens them you know builds them up gives them character <laughs> and don't forget to foam roll after you work out. Cause foam rolling your hamstrings and legs in general can really help promote that blood flow, uh, you know, to the muscles, which can then promote relaxation and flexibility in your muscles. And what you should do is you want to try to set aside sixty to ninety seconds of foam rolling for your hamstrings after you exercise. Nothing, you know, nothing major. Just you know, sixty to ninety seconds. You just want to give it a quick roll through to get that fresh blood into your hamstrings after the workout again to promote that flexibility to promote that muscle relaxation and to release the tension you know simple as that so here's how you actually do a good RDL <laughs> or a Romanian deadlift as, as it's known so first you stand with your legs at about hip width apart you can either uh, you know you can either hold a pair of dumbbells at your sides or uh, you know a barbell in front of you if, if that's easier or better or more comfortable If you're going with the barbell, then make sure to grip the bar with your hands at about shoulder width apart. Once you have that comfortable grip, again, either on the barbell with a shoulder width grip or uh, dumbbells at your sides, then shoot your hips back and bend your knees ever so slightly (laughs) as you hinge forward, you know? This is not a traditional deadlift where you're powerlifting directly from the floor. You know, it's more of a weighted hinge exercise with a slight bend in your knees, you know, and and keeping your back as flat as possible now from your standing position which is also the you know the starting position fyi (laughs) gently lower the weight toward the ground and and, you know keeping it close to your body so you want to gently lower you know the weight as you hinge a bit at the uh in your back and bend just a little in your knees and as you lower the weight you don't want to go any further than about you know the halfway point of your shins Thank you. the cat that's like the money spot. That's that's the, um, the Goldilocks zone, I, I suppose, if you will. You'll feel a nice little stretch down the back of your legs, you know, as you lower the weight, if you hit that spot just right. And once your upper body is basically a parallel to the ground, you reverse the motion and bring your hips forward, returning to that standing position. That's it. That's the whole movement. I try to explain it um, with as much detail because sometimes these simple movement exercises or <laughs> they're so simple That they're easy to mess up or, or do incorrectly But that's really it That That's basically That's all there is to an RDL You know that, that's the whole movement now, now you do that 10 times for one set Take a quick 20 to 30 uh, 20 to 30 second break And then go at it again I generally do about 5 sets Depending on you know What else I'm working on In the gym that day But it's a great little exercise To strengthen your lower back And hamstring And again don't forget the the lovely foam roller really releases the tension in in those um, you know those back muscles and and the hamstrings so moving on to the next tip what if you feel tightness in your hips (laughs) think about it you're going through the assessment and you feel tightness in your hips well then you might have tight hip flexors my friend (laughs) no surprise there right And if you're not already overwhelmed by all the reasons why sitting for hours isn't healthy for you, and here's another one, tight hips, baby. <laughs> your hip flexors, um, you know, the, this group of muscles that at the front of your hips, they adapt to being in a shortened position after spending, you know, long periods of time just sitting there. So like me, <laughs> I have a lot of uh I have a lot of tightness in my hips because I'm like I said, I'm a I'm in the uh, IT field I'm always on the computer I'm always sitting down and those hip flexors that's that's a problem area for me and when they're chronically shortened (laughs) like I said from a desk job then your hip flexors pull on your pelvis and that causes your pelvis to tip forward and this forward tilt is also known as an anterior pelvic tilt (laughs) this pelvic tilt then places tension on your hamstrings even before you to reach for your toes so go think about you know keep that in mind now I don't think I have to tell you that that doesn't leave much room for stretching if your hamstrings are already at their limit you know what I mean so if at all possible you should you want to stand up and move around throughout the day for at least a few quick minutes here and there like literally set an alarm on your phone or fitness tracker you know your Fitbit or whatever you have if you have to so that it reminds you to stand up every hour or so or maybe even consider investing in a standing desk to give your hip flexors a chance to stretch to to a more natural position and while we're talking about stretching Make sure to stretch your hip flexors properly. That's always the key—is that properly. Even a sit, a simple kneeling hip flexor stretch is a good way to maintain that mobility through the uh, you know through your hips. And these are really super simple to do. All you have to do is kneel on the ground with your right leg out in front of you you know, bent at a uh, 90 degrees. Then place the left knee on the ground for support, you know, easy peasy. Right foot out in front of you, bent at a 90 degree, left knee on the ground for support. Then (laughs) tuck your hips slightly and begin to lean into your right knee. You should feel a nice little stretch along the front of your left hip, you know, sit on that. Sit on it for about 30 seconds, then switch sides. Easy peasy. Man, just thinking about this, I wanna do it right now. (laughs) And now for that last tip before I wrap up this podcast episode with a nice little bow for you. (laughs) Again, you're going through the assessment. Think about this. Like, work with me here. You're, You're going through the assessment and you feel a pinch in your lower back. Well, this might be your body telling you that you have poor nerve mobility you see your your muscles aren't the only potential barriers to touching your toes if you start to feel a pinch in your lower back that shoots down your legs you might be experiencing tension in your nervous system now luckily i i've never really experienced this um tension this type of nervous system tension not not in my legs anyway you know i've had i've i felt that in other parts of my body but certainly not something that shoots down my legs but ideally our nerves should be able to slide and move uh, independently from other muscles and tissues surrounding them you know but poor nerve mobility will cause tension (laughs) during an otherwise innocent movement you know and it'll most likely start in your lower back or in the back of your legs so a mobility exercise like an active hamstring stretch can really help release this tension another thing to keep in mind when it comes to your sciatica nerve is your posture <laughs> by the way that's that's the that's the main nerve there that you would feel if it's pinched wrong and to be more specific when I when I'm talking about your posture I'm referring to your your sitting posture so you see since the sciatica nerve comes from the spine your sitting posture is super super important so make sure to have your lower back supported properly at all times and if you're sitting for a long time maybe keep a pillow on your chair for you know so a little added support but as far as the active hamstring stretch Uh, you know as far as that's concerned uh, this is another simple one to do just like the other two exercises so you start by you know lying on your back with your legs straight out and arms at your sides easy peasy like I said Then you raise your right leg up toward the sky keeping it straight and then grab the uh, you know the back of your thigh with both hands you know and what you're gonna do is that you're gonna slowly pull your leg in toward you until you feel a stretch on the back of your leg then keeping your your knee in place and still facing the ceiling, lower your heel toward the ground and then raise it back up again. Now you're going to lower and raise the bottom part of your legs several times to loosen the hamstring and then simply switch legs and repeat the exercise. And that's pretty much it. Like I said, easy peasy. And with those three super simple stretching exercises, you can easily loosen up those muscles that are keeping you from touching your toes. And you have to remember that flexibility Reality is everything. Like, in my opinion, if you're not flexible to a certain degree, then you're going to have trouble staying in shape. You know, I see a lot of older people, you know, in uh, in my age range that look so restricted when they're working out. Like, we're all trying to do a simple squat, let's say. They can barely get down past a 75 degree angle bend in their knee. Now, I, I mean, I, I know that there are other reasons why this could possibly be happening to them. I, I, I understand that. You know, but I'm certain to almost 100% certainty that if they added some simple stretching routines to their day, they'd get so much more out of their workouts. You know, like I'm a big proponent of yoga and it's because yoga has literally changed my life. No lie. You know, I used to be one of those stiff, no bend at the knee type of people, but then a wise man told me once, he said, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here. I, I, I don't remember exactly how it goes. It just came to me. He, he, he says, I'm in super great shape, not because I can do 50 push-ups. not because I can do hundred pull-ups. I'm in great shape because I do yoga Yoga has allowed me to reach my full potential now again This is me paraphrasing this because I can't remember off the top of my head the exact quote But you know that that was more or less what he said Um, it was a great one when I heard that like I I muscled through the workout and right at the end He says that and, and I just like it just hit me like a ton of bricks, you know So actually bonus points for anyone who drops the name of the person who said this down in the comments I, I'd like to know if, if this makes sense to you like have you heard this before have you been through the workout you know who I'm talking about drop it in the comments I'm gonna send you out something personally because that's how that's who I am that's how I will and so with all that said and done that's it you guys, that's my show for today I hope you found some valuable information here and if nothing else I hope I've entertained you for a few minutes and was able to bring you a little manly sunshine to your day thanks for taking some time out of your day to listen to me, it's very much appreciated on next week's episode we'll be talking about the one exercise that promotes better posture, nicer abs and functional movement so you definitely don't want to miss out on that. And if you like to continue the conversation with me, then get on over to podcast.daspination.com VIP to get on the VIP Insiders Community where I share even more raw behind-the-scenes stories, tips, and hacks that'll keep you feeling younger and younger each and every day. That's podcast.daspination.com slash VIP vip again that's podcast.daspination.com slash vip be in the know starting right now also don't forget to rate me on apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're listening to this episode right now and leave me a nice fat juicy five-star review and some absolutely beautiful words of why you love the show so much really helps me get the word out. And it's honestly the one place where your vote truly matters. Until our next chat, take care now. Bye.